following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. I want to get to the point where if you or I ever, particularly you, go somewhere, you can take this stuff with you, mm-hmm. and then we can do an on-location podcast. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think that would be cool. Sure. There was no way I was calling you from the Dominican or FaceTiming you or no, doing anything like that. that's perfectly fine, and I 100% understand that. <laughs> Believe me, if the roles were reversed, you I, I would not be calling that. you. That's right. I'd be too drunk. <laughs> This is the Intentional Fallback at Full Strength in Studio B. Josh and Dan with a, another edition. Is this number 50? It is, yeah. Did we plan anything number special 50. in No, uh, in I mean, perfect I w- fashion? We did not. I, I was thinking like, oh, we could do, you know, the 50 this. or 50. It's like, no, nah, it's too much stuff. We, we, 50? Well, yeah. We'd have to start at the beginning of the pod. We wouldn't have any content. I, I'm just happy we've gotten to 50. 50. That's right, because so. most of these people think that it's cool, and then they're like, that's too much work, and we don't do anything. Well, and, you know, we, we truly don't know how many people listen to us. We assume no. it's a, a, a small, decent number, yep. but, you know, we don't really know because it's not like we pay for something that tells us that. But. No, we're not doing it. I mean, there are, there are analytics out there for subscribers and all that kind of stuff, and it's like, I'm not, I, no. Not, I, and, and honestly... Like, when you hear people that are in the media and they all say, you should have a podcast, it doesn't matter how many people listen, um, just do one, get yourself out there, get another avenue of how you can get your product out or, you know, what, what have you, get a different core audience, no matter, build it small. So it's like, that's fine, that's that's what we're that's what we're doing. It only takes one guy or one girl to listen that... that- you know, has some clout or right. some money and wants to give it to us. And build a bigger audience. Yeah. And as Drew Olson famously says on his show, tell your friends. Yes. And we appreciate the fact that... Um, I told all three of mine, so we're good. <laughs> I like that uh, I like that Chris Collis posts uh, a link every time that, that we post, and he says, check this out. I appreciate that. Absolutely. If anybody else wants to do that, be our guest. Again, yep. tell your friends. We love all the feedback we yep. get, and whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, just lets us know that you know you guys are listening, and, mm-hmm. and we certainly appreciate that. Well, I was wildly checked out from the sports scene as, as much as I could. Um, I, I said in my commentary on Monday morning that the sports bar, which was named Sports Bar. Nice. Just like Creative. The, just like the, the, the eatery that was the steakhouse was called the steakhouse. Nice, nice. <laughs> so you couldn't make this up. Well, the the Italian place was called Italian cuisine. Mm. <laughs> so um, the they didn't really have many people at the sports bar at the resort that we had that were very tuned into sports. So I had to I had to really work to get the Packers Chargers game on the day that we got there. But I spent. Pretty much Saturday and Sunday in, in recovery mode watching football. But other than that, before that, for the whole week last week, I was checking in here, there, but I didn't really pay attention to much. You didn't miss much during the week. Um, 
you know, you missed the Thursday night football game, missed a couple of Badger basketball games, yeah. but nothing, nothing major. Okay. Nothing major. Yeah, right. I, I remember from when I went down and stayed at one of those places in Mexico. Yeah, you, you, you try to go in there and watch anything American, and it's just a bunch of dudes talking real fast over a soccer game. Yes. That's really all That's what it, it is. was. And, and it, it, was, it was amazing when I was trying to come up with some sports. They had the ESPN channel. They had numerous Fox sports channels, but most of them, I think I found – Three different channels that were playing soccer games. Because we were in the Dominican, they were replaying USA versus Dominican baseball. Ah, okay. Interesting. And they had a baseball diamond on the resort property right next to a lot of the places where the workers stayed. Hmm. I would have liked to get out there and just to see what... Yeah, it would have been cool if a game who, broke out. Right. You never if, know. Who was playing, like, ooh, this person... like who see some freaking 15-year-old wizard playing shortstop. Brendan Fraser in the sky right? or something right? down there, some phenom yeah. who just got left down there. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, like, oh, hey, you might want to check this out. I don't know. So I didn't I, I didn't get to see that, but I I I didn't get a whole lot of sports um, into my veins. While well, it's it's hard to watch that with one eye open. So well, and and then the ESPN uh, feed for football on the games was in Spanish. Oh, deportes. Yes, yes, so absolutely. That, that was a little tough. That was a little tough to follow. <laughs> so, all right, where do you want to start? Uh, I, we'll start with the early game. We can do the Bears. All right. Um, did you did you check any of that out? Yeah, I watched a little bit of it. Um, yeah, I mean, it was pretty much an elimination game, more or less, for the you know those two teams. Um, both coming in with three wins. Um, Lions pretty banged up. No Stafford, broken bones in his back, but Yee. he was up walking around and mobile. And, and, and like a couple hours before the game. He was begging to play, yeah, because he had this mm-hmm. that that consecutive game streak he wanted to keep going. And I, I think you know, to the Lions' credit, they're like, dude, no, no, you, you got you got a broken back. It. Yeah, we're not we're not messing nope. with that. But um, yeah, you know, the Bears come away with a with a win. Um, you know, again, nothing to nothing to get very excited about with with the Bears. Um, one thing of note, they they made a change on their old line. Yeah, they swapped a center and a guard, yes, right? Yes, they swapped white hair from guard back to center, Daniels from center back to guard, which is what they did where they were last year. Um, Daniels was a center coming out of Iowa, and, you know, I, I guess they tried to ease him in last year and let him play guard because white hair had played center the year before. Okay. Um, so they wanted to do the swap this year for whatever reason, and the line just never really clicked all year. Okay. And you had the Kyle Long injury early on. He hasn't played in five or six weeks. Um, so I think maybe they, I don't know, I, I maybe a little bit of desperation, okay. trying to just do something to to make a change. Um, obviously, they're not benching their quarterback. There's no. nobody really else to bench, per se. Um, so I guess making a move on the line was what they chose to do. Helped maybe a little. Um, their run game was okay. Um, Trubisky was under maybe a little bit less pressure. He got sacked five times. Yeah, but he wasn't running for his life like he had been the prior couple of weeks. Um, but again, but again, I think at the end of the day, that's just kind of you know shuffling the deck chairs in the Titanic at this point. <laughs> There's just it's it's not a it's not a season changing deal. Sure. Um, you know, Trubisky was okay. Um, I've heard some people say that this was the best game of the year. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, but when the bar's two inches off the ground, it's not easy to to step well, over that. You got to start somewhere. You and do. I mean, three, you do. Three touchdown passes. They're all the different receivers. So, yep. yep. 
Um, but, you know, again, under 200 yards passing right. um, with about, I don't know, I think going into their last drive of the first half, which they scored a touchdown on, I think they had like 60 total yards of offense. So, you know, they had a little bit of production in the second half against the Lion team that was pretty banged up playing with a quarterback in in, in Jeff Driscoll, who I wrote on our notes, who the F is that? <laughs> they mentioned his name because when they, they originally said that Stafford might not play, I was like, okay, who is the backup in Detroit? And then they mentioned his name. Never heard of the guy. No. Didn't, didn't, didn't hear of him in college. Didn't hear him coming out of college. Didn't hear of him when I was looking at, you know, notes during training camp when they were looking at finalizing rosters. Didn't even know who that was. Didn't even know he was the backup. Apparently, he played a couple games last year for the Bengals when Dalton got hurt. Okay. But I, that's I mean, probably why we didn't pay attention. Exactly. Um, so pretty underwhelming, obviously, from, from yeah. him. Um, the Lions couldn't manage more than a couple field goals for about three quarters of that game. Got a late touchdown, and uh, that was about it. But just a lot of inconsistency again from the Bears. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm sure to the listeners, I sound pretty downtrodden about them, but there's really nothing to to really get your get your dauber up um, <laughs> on this team. Um, you know, the defense was okay. Uh, they they finally forced a, a turnover, but you know, only two sacks. Um, nothing again from Khalil Mack, and and uh, you know, unfortunately for him, I I think the injury to Akeem Hicks. Oh, he doesn't have one of the main yeah, pieces it, there. They've the offensive lines now have really focused on Mack. They're double teaming him. They're chipping him constantly. They're running away, you know, running plays away from his side. So, um, <laughs> now it sounds like they lost Danny Trevathan. Oh, I saw that. Pretty saw nasty. Oh man, that was not. Mm-mm. Yeah, your your elbow's not supposed to bend that no, way. No, that was one of those where you see it and you scream. Yeah, and then they show it again and you look away. Yeah, yeah. So I he don't want to see that again. I guess after the game, he was in a sling and he was upbeat about it. I don't know what that means if he's you know just a happy go lucky guy and he's okay <laughs> with being done for the year and not having to play on this shit team anymore, or if he thinks he's going to be out a short period of time. So um, Bears aren't officially done, but. At they, this they point, the Rams. they got a pretty darn near win out, and that's yeah. going to be a tall task. For sure. Yeah. All right. So, um, You want to move to Packers and Panthers? Please. Snow Globe in the second half. I loved seeing the uh, the highlights before the uh, Vikings-Cowboys, and they show the first half highlights, and it looks like a normal, you know, sunny day, sun setting, field's clear, then they all of a sudden skip to the second half, and you can barely see the numbers in the lines. I have to say, it is really funny the amount of people that just wet their pants over that. Kornheiser did the same yeah, thing. It's really funny to On me. On PTI today, he just said, when the snow is falling in Green Bay, and you have that kind of back and forth game, you can't turn it off. And uh-huh. I'm like, I-, I get it, but when you're from Wisconsin, Yeah, I, I don't mean, care. No. All that means is, oh shit, now I got a snowblow tomorrow. I don't care. I don't want, you know, well, whatever. The one, the one thing that bothered me, and I did tweet about it in the game, it's like that field, and I saw somebody else, uh, one of the beat reporters. I saw that as well. Um, Like, maybe it's time, because that field, and I don't know, has Soldier Field's grounds improved? Because that was a big thing for a couple of years between the city much. and the organization. I don't think a lot, but they haven't, you know, they haven't had the crap weather game right. down there yet. So we'll find the out. The footing in Green Bay this year and in in recent years has seemed to have been garbage. And I'm just wondering now with this snow, because you had a couple of plays yesterday where guys either on defense or offense just flat fell down without any contact when they tried to plant their feet. 
how long have they had that field heated? For the heating coils, that's a good question. Because I would be curious to know if this was an issue before that. But it's not... That's the thing, though. It's I don't not, know, you know. It's not meant to melt the snow because they actually say when it melts, it gets worse because then it gets wet and then it gets muddy. Right. And then it's so like the snow is actually a bad thing for the heating coils. Okay. It's just when it's generally cold. Hmm. They they don't want the field to turn into veteran stadium. Right. <laughs> a layer of concrete. Right. right. Where you, you fall down and you, you break things. I did see a lot of people though that were kind of co-signing with what you said yesterday about, you know, it might be time for you know, some kind of a sport turf right. thing half and half and half something. But it's it's pretty sacrilege. That's what I'm saying. You know. And that's so I don't know how many people would be on board with that, but when the when some big plays that could potentially may or may not happen or go by the wayside because somebody's, you know, legs slips out from under them. Mm-hmm. If that becomes too much of a problem, you might need to start looking at it. But um, I don't know, Kyle Allen, um, I think he's probably going to be the guy in Carolina next year. It sounds like they're they're out on Cam Newton. He's got one year, and they're just going to... Say, so cut him. Say yes. Yeah, I think he's got like a twenty million dollar cap right. hit or something. And, and he's not the main guy on the offense anymore. Any, anyway, that's the, that's, that's an MVP McCaffrey. candidate. Yeah. And Christian McCaffrey. I thought they did a a pretty good job of really focusing on him and making Allen beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think offense and Greg Olson. I didn't even know how long has he been in the league. I'll tell you what, forever, and he's still productive. That is one of the worst personnel decisions the Bears have made in the last twenty-five years. Was allowing, was trading him. I don't even remember what it was for, but it was for not much. Mm -hmm. And they traded him because his production was low. But his production was low because Cutler was his quarterback. (laughs) So I mean, you've seen since he's gone to Carolina, he's a damn good player. Yes, and still, I mean, at the you know, he's he's like thirty-three, thirty-four now. I mean, what do you have, like eight or nine catches mm-hmm. for about almost 100 yards yesterday? That's pretty impressive. He's still, I thought they did a really good job um, on keeping McCaffrey because I thought it, that this was one of those games where, where McCaffrey was going to beat him up on the ground and through the air, but I thought they did a pretty good job on uh, on him defensively. The defensive backs, um, again, missed some tackles at times. They allowed guys to just get – God, I saw a blown coverage on Kevin King early in the game who was in man – and he just left his guy who went right across the field and it resulted in like a 30, 40-yard gain. And I think Aikman just absolutely crushed him for it. Um, and those are the type. And then on Twitter, all the beat writers are like, these are not the, the this is not the point in the season where you just forget what coverage you're in or think you have safety help. Yeah. And then just abandon your, you know, your guy. And so I this is that the defense to me has re, has slowly just regressed and they keep regressing. The pass rush is there yes. and and they proved it yesterday. The, I think the the free agent signings that they made, I mean Kenny Clark was the highest rated guy according to Pro Football Focus in the game. Preston Smith, Darius Smith got in there. Blake Martinez was making tackles as he always does cuz he's a machine. So I think the defense is getting there, but for some reason, the secondary has just not performed the way that they wanted to after drafting Savage, getting Amos, and then banking on some of the younger corners to gel with the veterans and really shore that up. And for some reason, these guys, these opponents are just are, are getting space, and they're just getting free, and I don't understand how. And the quarterbacks are just finding them, mm-hmm. no matter who they play, whether they're young, old, rookies, veterans, doesn't matter. They are finding guys. Um, so I think I think the front seven is, for 
the most part doing its job. And then offensively, I mean, efficient game from uh, for, from Rodgers, but again, it's the Aaron Jones show. And I, I saw a statistic today. He's the first guy since Sterling Sharp with multiple three-touchdown games in a season. He's the first running back since Jim Taylor um, um, to, uh, to have multiple three-touchdown rushing games in a season. So, I mean, it's like now he's... He's in rare company, so that's pretty impressive. And they just ran it down their throats when it mattered, and at least the defense came up with a stop, obviously, when it mattered most. That was the last play of the game. Yeah, and they were they had been saying throughout the game that Carolina was basically the worst-run defense in football. Yeah. Um, so well, the Packers were able to take advantage of that. Yes. I, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't see the final numbers on McCaffrey. I, I'm not sure if um, yesterday wasn't a case of, of – uh, the conditions kind of hindering him a little bit. I mean, that you know, he's a California kid, sure. play, plays down south in the pros, probably hasn't played in a lot of snow games. Probably Had not. an uncharacteristic fumble. He, he pretty much never fumbles. Um, well, he had 20 for 108 on the ground. and then So he was okay. And then 6 for 33 through the air. So, so a solid game. Yep. But, no, nothing, but he only had one touchdown. Yeah, nothing crazy like he's had the last couple of weeks. Right. But. I may be on the in the minority. I, I shouldn't say I may be. I guarantee I'm in the minority on this, especially around here. But you know, I, I watch the Packers and I watch Rodgers, and there's something just a little off with him. Uh, there's there's two or three throws he makes every game that you're like, geez, that was a great throw. Yep. Like the one he made to Adams, on, I think, in the first half. On the sideline that went right through the yeah, D-back. Yeah, the D-back and, didn't even yeah. know the ball was coming. And, and, and Adams, like, caught it through him yeah, almost. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that was a that was a great throw. But, like, he, he has a couple of those. But then, like, there's like a quarter and a half during the game now with him where, like, he doesn't do anything. And I don't know if that's a function of the play calling or if it's a function of... He's 35, you know, and he just, he's not the guy anymore that's just going to keep constantly coming and coming and coming like in years past. Um, you know, they're doing enough to win games, but they're not scoring, you know, they're not scoring high 30s and 40s like we've seen in years past. It's a lot of, you know, low, mid 20s. Um, so I don't know. And, um, I, I'm not going to belabor this because I've talked about it pretty much every time the Packers have a home game, but they got another gift, <laughs> absolute gift at the end of the first half that, you know, and, and Aikman and even Mike Pereira said it, like those are such big calls that are missed in these games. And, and you know, the Packers, <clears throat> the Packers don't score on that, but they end up being able to run five minutes the off down. the clock yep. and Carolina doesn't get the ball back. But, you know, if that call's made correctly, the Packers are punting nine yards deep in their end zone. Carolina's going to get the ball at midfield, probably have a chance at a field at goal, least. at least an attempt. Um, so instead of being down 14 nothing, Packers getting the ball back and scoring on the first possession of the second half, maybe you're up 17-14, maybe you're down 14-13. Um, but I don't know, it's just... You know, and we, you and I were texting, and you're like, "Well, it's not Aaron Rodgers' fault." Well, okay, but his name's Aaron Rodgers, and he gets those calls. Those are the Tom Brady calls. Yeah, they I, are. They just are. And um, there's nothing anybody can do about it when you're playing against them. Um, they've had, they've just had those breaks go their way this year. But I was thinking about this yesterday. If I was the opposing coach, and I, I think back to. Um, some of the places that I played in college, like when we would go on the road to Platteville or go up, go up to River Falls, 
there are certain places that you know going in you're not going to get any help. And I think that these teams in the NFL, when they're going to Lambeau, at least this year, the way things have gone, I would be telling my team, like, you cannot put yourself in a position where it's a 50-50 call here because we're not going to get it. The way it's played out this season, you're just not going to get those calls. Ron Rivera, they showed him at halftime going absolutely nuts on the referees for that call. And the referees basically just do what referees do. They have no accountability. They shrug their shoulders and just move on. Um, you know, was it a game changing? Was it a game deciding call? I don't know. Probably maybe, n- maybe not. Probably you not still that have a half, early, right? A half left to play, but you know, momentum is a is a real thing. And when you're when you're on the road and you have those kind of things go against you, those fifty fifty plays, it it can be demoralizing. So um, that's all. That's all I'll say. Um, you know, the Packers are eight and two. They could be ten and zero. They could be five and five. Right. I mean, well, they're this. I don't it, disagree. This is, this is a this is a total league of mediocrity, and we'll we'll get to that as we kind of oh, go around just, the league. But I I mean, I don't think there's any team in football right now that I would say, yeah, they're really good. Not one. I'll have to look at everything. Well, no, because every time the Saints you, got beat at home by a team with right. one win. That's right. And and every time you think you have a team, you can point out something. You're like, well, yeah, well that well that happened. The Patriots have played one good team, yes. and they got blown out. Yes. Yeah. So it, I don't really think anybody's any good. There's just a lot of okay. Yeah, that's about where it is. It's about where it is, and and that's just a year, I guess that we have that we're gonna have to live with yeah, if you like football. Yeah. Well, it's it was very very easy for me to turn the channel at halftime yesterday of that game after that garbage call at the end of the half and and the Bucks were about to start. I was I was out. Oh yeah, I was uh, done. No, I like the text message. Yeah. Um, yes, I mean just looking at some of the scores and I I, I did it this morning, obviously uh, on the air. The Bengals are atrocious. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about not trying. They they Woo. just got steamrolled by the Ravens. The Bills had a chance to to tie it, and they lost to the Browns. Cleveland's first win at home yeah. this year. Surprisingly under – well, in a game – what, we, what, what was the, the final in that one? Yeah, and, and Buffalo had a chance to tie the game at the end yep. and got the kick block. Yep. So – no, that's one that they missed. Or no, missed. he missed it. Yeah, yeah you're right. right. He missed the, it. The Titans blocked yes. the Chiefs field goal. They had a chance to tie it. And the guy was about eight yards offside, too. That's and they didn't what call I it. thought. Another blown call. Somebody said that I was watching the show today. He got the absolutely perfect jump. I was like, no, he didn't. No. He was way offside. I heard Cousin Sal say on, on Simmons's pod today when I was listening, like, we put in all these new replay rules, and it was obviously done because – the wrong team won the NFC Championship game last year. Right. Why are we not able to review the last play of the, the game? Like, well, they did. They did in Green Bay. The game wasn't over. They, right, they right, spent right. a ton of time they did. doing Correct. it. You're right. But it's like you have these special teams plays, and everybody runs off the field or onto the field. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute. What just happened? Let's talk about this. Nobody's there. They're gone. Because that that is a... You're talking about a Titan team now that's 5-5 five and five, that's fighting for their division and a Chiefs team who all of a sudden has the Raiders on yes. their ass and is playing for the hope, trying to at least get one home game in the playoffs. Right. So that's a huge blown call. So uh, you, you mentioned the Saints. Atlanta just goes into New Orleans you, and absolutely steamrolls them. How do, you, how do they not score know. a touchdown? I don't know. That's crazy. I don't know. Uh, Giants and Jets, nobody cares. No. Uh, Buccaneers, Cardinals, nobody cares. Nope. 
Uh, Dolphins, Colts, nobody cares, but Miami now is distancing itself further and further back from being able to take a quarterback with one of the first couple picks. Has a coach ever been fired for doing too good of a job? Right. Because Flores and that's is only like two wins. Yeah, they traded all his good guys away like the first two, three weeks of the season, and now all of a sudden he's winning games, and, and their general manager and owners are probably, probably like, going, what are you doing? Right. That's right. Um, and then the Steelers and the Rams. What's going on? I mean, I saw Kornheiser talk about Rams got uh, problems. Yeah, and got problems. I mean Pittsburgh, they've had quarterback issues. They don't have Antonio Brown, and now I mean, is Tomlin a really good coach for oh. for taking what he has and now winning? How many is it in a row? Is it four, or I think five, four or five? Yeah. That, well, the defense has really stepped up. Well, fine. The offense, I think, only scored ten points yesterday, and the defense had a, a touchdown. Minka Fitzpatrick again. Yep. Comes up with a oh, defensive touchdown. Really but, liked him. Yeah. I don't know. Um, That's an interesting team yep. to keep your eye on. And then the Vikings are right on Green Bay's tail in the division because they go into Dallas and beat the Cowboys. And Dalvin Cook um, seems like one of the best running backs. That was a top-two running back matchup with him and Zeke last night. So, Boy, the Vikings have got to be just kicking themselves over losing that Chief game. They, I think that, I think that was last week. They lost. Uh, they so, lost on a field goal as time expired, but they should have won the game. And I mean, if they were eight and two, they look really good. Yeah, yeah, they really do. good. And they and Thielen's missed basically the last three games mm-hmm. for them. Um, yeah, they're. They I don't know. Two, I, I mean, I, I do not trust Kirk Cousins down the stretch in big games. As somebody but, who is a Packers fan that has Jimmy Graham, who actually did play kind of well. On Sunday, Mercedes Lewis and uh, Jay Sternberger that just came back. I don't even know who else is in there. Robert Tanya. Oh, there you have my boy. You, Big Bob Tanya. Yeah. And then you see the Vikings who have both Kyle Rudolph, who they just signed to an extension, and the guy that I wanted him to draft and Irv Smith Jr. out of Alabama. I would love to have either of those mm-hmm. guys as a tight end in Green Bay. Yeah. And Minnesota has both of them. That sucks. <laughs> but whatever. All right, uh, you want to look at the playoff picture? Yeah, um, the AFC is kind of a mess. Um, it's, it, I mean, it it reminds me of when we were kids when the NFC won the Super Bowl for like 17 straight years. Remember that? Yes. This is kind of, I mean, obviously New England's a threat because they're New England, but other than that, I'm not sure. Um, New England sits at top eight and one, Baltimore seven and two, um, but uh, I don't know. Lamar Jackson on the road in January in a playoff game. Again. I don't know. You got to prove me wrong from last year. Yeah. When, when they said, come on, throw the ball. And I mean, he, and he couldn't do it. He, he's, he's, uh, him and Russell Wilson have to be one and two in the MVP conversation right now. And he's probably going to run for a thousand yards. But these quarterbacks that run like that, they just always end up getting hurt mm-hmm. at some point. So we'll, we'll wait and see. Houston had the bye, still six and three. Kansas City with that awful loss to Tennessee drops to six and four. Buffalo six and three. Uh, Indy, Pittsburgh, and Oakland all sit at five and four, and the Titans are five and five. So, uh, oh man, kind of a poo-poo platter at yeah, the bottom of the bit. bottom of the playoff picture bit. there for the AFC. NFC uh, Niners had the bye, still sit at eight and zero. Or no, I'm sorry, they didn't have a bye. They played a night against yeah, the Seahawks. Um, Saints we talked about dropped to seven and two. Packers eight and two. Cowboys five and four. Those are your division leaders. Seattle seven and two. Vikings seven and three. And the Rams, Panthers, and Eagles all five and four. Um, the Rams uh, O line is a disaster. 
I mean, I don't know what the hell they're going to do going forward. They've got ridiculous money tied up in like four guys yep. in Goff, Gurley, Aaron Donald, and presumably Jalen Ramsey, who they traded for. Mm-hmm. I would assume they're going to give him a long term deal. Right. I, I, you know, they've kind of tried to almost build this team like the old uh, Steinbrenner Yankees, where they've got like a couple of dudes that they're paying a shitload of money to, and, and they're just, just trying to plug the... But I don't think you can do that in football. Especially There's just not, too many guys. Especially not if you're trying to patchwork an offensive line. Yeah, it just that it doesn't, doesn't work. work. I mean, Aikman, I think, I think it was Aikman. Somebody said it in one of the games I was watching yesterday. Like, you know, some of these teams, when they lose their left tackle... They're kind of a like everything's a disaster. When you lose both tackles, you got no chance. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. You know, especially now in the days of when everybody's looking for a fast edge rusher. Oh, yeah. You got to have somebody that can handle that because your tight end can't constantly chip that guy, or you can't keep a running back or a fullback in to block. Right. You can't. It right. just doesn't work, especially when when the defense is only rushing three, four guys. And you need more than one guy to take him? Yeah. That doesn't work. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't so, work. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, uh, they're still in the mix, but I don't know, man. I mean, like, you look at the playoffs right now, they're three games, two games behind, maybe three games behind, depending on how Seattle does tonight. I, I don't know who they're going to pass to make the playoffs. I'm just looking at, at this list, and the I, I don't really care about the AFC, honestly. No. Um, for the NFC, I'm looking at who could potentially be a one or a two seed. And I don't have any faith in them winning at home in that in that divisional round game. No, because they're all the same. They're yeah. all kind of yep. Blah. It's like okay, great home field advantage. Does it matter what we've seen so far? If the Packers get the let's say they get the two seed, so you would play the best team of the wild card winners. Mm-hmm. So what? You get to play Seattle, right? Like, and, 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 and you feel great yeah, about that exactly. just because it's at home. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't. No, um, or, or even if you play the Vikings a third time. No, I, I don't think nope. I, I don't certainly wouldn't want to play that team three times. No. All right, um, let's run through Week Eleven. We're already at the half an hour. And we haven't touched anything else. Um, Thursday night football is the Steelers at the Browns, which I said I would completely, absolutely, and utterly hate watch, and I might actually do that. Um, Bucks Bulls that night. I ain't watching. <laughs> I, I know you're not. Um, Cowboys at the Lions. Jeff Driscoll, maybe. Boy, Cowboys better win that game. You would think. Ooh. You would hope. Man, you would hope. I don't know how much. Again, how much is it going to take for Jason Garrett to actually be considered to be let go? I think he. I've changed my tune. I used to say that I think he must have like pictures of Jerry Jones or something. I think he's his bastard son. <laughs> I really do. I think there's. I, I think if you did like twenty three and me uh-huh. with Jerry Jones and Somehow Garrett, he's... they're related. They have to be because there's no excuse to keep uh-huh. that guy employed. Jacksonville at uh, Indy, pass. Boy, Buffalo I... at Miami, pass. Can the Colts get a quarterback to stay on the field? No kidding. Jesus, because I... that's a good team. But it was. They lose their quarter. They lose Brissett yep. and their top two wide receivers yesterday. Jesus. Can Miami win a third game against Buffalo at home? Man. But isn't it funny? I see Buffalo, Miami, and I'm like, ooh, Jim Kelly, Dan Marino. Now no. Kyle Allen, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh. Or Josh Allen, Ryan Josh Fitzpatrick. Allen. <laughs> um, Broncos at the Vikings. Minnesota should roll in that one. 
Um, New Orleans at Tampa Bay, that going to be a revenge now game? Now I have think, no idea no. what the hell to make of this. You think, the, you think the Buccaneers are licking their chops at this one? Could be. Like, we, we could do that again, and and we'll be at home. I don't know. It, and is, is is Drew Brees healthy? I don't know. Is he Cor- healthy? Kornheiser said if, if, if he puts up another game like that, do you even think about having a conversation about pulling him for Teddy Bridgewater? Do you think about benching Drew Brees? I don't know. It's Doesn't it's it get tough. to the point for everybody, though? Yeah, I mean, you got to look around. It's it's similar to what we talked about with Trubisky. At some point, it, you got to look around the locker room and go, I know these guys like Breeze, but he he's 40. And we were, he's 40. And we, and we were, were winning we games. We were rolling. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Um, Jets at oh Washington. My God. Redskins just said that Haskins is going to be the starter for the rest of the year. Um, even though that's terrible. Uh, Falcons at the Panthers. I, I, do, I do like that Allen kid. I don't know. I think I he's going to be a good player. Yeah. He's not ready yet, but I think uh, I think in a couple years they might have something with okay. him. He's got some. Well, they got keep, a little moxie keep to him. him and McCaffrey together. Yeah. That, that, that's a good start. Um, this should be a good game, I would think. Ravens the hosting the Texans. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm. That one and the New England one are both a couple of good games. San Francisco at home against the Cardinals. After tonight, are they still going to be unbeaten? No, Seattle's going to beat them. I think so. Yeah. Okay. No George Kittle for the Niners tonight. All right. Yeah, I think they're right. they're due to lose. Raiders will host the Bengals. No thanks. Um, Oakland's going to be Oakland's going to win that game. Right, and, and they're, they're going to be, be six, six and four. four. Yep. Who would have thought? Nah, not me. Heading to Vegas next year. No way. Uh, Patriots at the Eagles. That should be should okay. be a good game. Okay, and then the Bears. See if uh, Doug Peterson can make Belichick his bitch again. <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to remember that. Uh, I believe Sunday Night Football will be the Bears at the Rams. Mm. That'll be an interesting one. I mean, that'll be basically. Uh, can the Bears get any pressure on Goff? That's really what should. it's going to boil down to. Defense against that yeah. line. If you don't, you got problems. Yeah, you but would think so. You I see mean, what what the situation is with Hicks and Trevathan now. Right. And what they can figure out, and then Monday Night Football, the Chargers hosting the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Chargers really desperate here. Yeah, they got to win this game, say. or they're probably done. All right, so that is uh, that is about 30, 30 minutes of NFL talk uh, as we roll into the next week with the Packers uh, on the bye. They're back at it with uh, Saturday, Sunday afternoon, a week from. That'll be a late game out in San Francisco. Well, I'm very, very happy that they are on a bye. So something that I enjoy very much will get some very, very good attention in state because we're going to have the Badger-Marquette game Correct. on Sunday. Yep, I talked about that this morning on the air, and, and Beggs was really surprised. Like, already? He's like, that's normally not until December. It's, it's usually like the first weekend of December. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's usually on. A, it's usually it's Saturday at eleven o'clock. Right, Saturday either morning or early afternoon, mm-hmm. noon, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So this is this will be a fun one to to watch on Sunday. Um, you know, kind of take a little break from NFL and, sure. and watch the state guys play. But yep. a little um, early for that, though. I mean, they're, yeah. they're not not in top form. I'm not really sure what the reasoning is behind that, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, um, you want to go to Badger football quick? Yeah, I mean the two point win against Iowa. Um, again, defense needed to stop. Again, same defense needed to stop there. Badgers ran out the clock, um, pounded them. Jonathan Taylor had a, a really good game. But again, and, and you and I had talked, we were texting during the game. 
I, I just don't think Jack Cohn is that good. And, and I think people were more than willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think a lot of people were screaming for Mertz, but I think they trusted Chris. He had some, you know, starts last year with Hornybrook out with his concussions. There's, okay, we'll see what this kid's got. And then he put up some good numbers, like, okay, this is all right. Oh, bad pick, but okay, let's go, let's go. And now it's just one of the, it's just so underwhelming. It is. It's really underwhelming. And you see all this, all these receivers Ferguson, the tight end, Taylor's catching the ball out of the backfield. You've got all these weapons at his disposal, and it's just so lackluster. Yeah, the the problem I have with him, and it was really evident on Saturday, was the, the lack of accuracy. Way too many balls thrown behind receivers, over their heads, oh, at their feet. He, he airmailed on a, just a yeah. little 10-yard ten, ten out route. You, you just can't. I mean, look, I, I get it. He, he's 21 years old. He's a college kid. They're going to do that once in a while. But this has been a problem for him all year. Um, probably the best receiving core they've had in, in many, many years, maybe since the since the Lee Ev- was Corgi. Yeah, the yeah. Lee Evans, Chris Chambers days. Um, you know, I've always been of the opinion you got to take some shots down the field, especially when you're such a run-heavy program like the Badgers are. The couple times they did it with Cephas, he's, you know, you let, me. let the athletes make, make the a play. play. Yeah. You know, get throw the ball up. He's got size on the guy against him. Let him go up and try to make a play, and he did, and, he's, and he made some nice catches and scored a touchdown. Um I just think that that opens up so much more for Jonathan Taylor because, you see, when they play these good teams like Ohio State, they're just like, throw it. Throw it. We dare you to throw it. Right. I don't think you have the guts, Paul Christ, and I don't think you have the ability, Jack Cohn. Throw it. And most of the time, they're right. Yeah. I thought if they lost Saturday, I would have been 100% on board with the quarterback change. Yep. Obviously, if as long as they keep winning, you're going to stick with Cohen. But sure. if they had lost that game, if they had blown that lead to Iowa, I would have been all on board with a QB change. But as it sits now, they're still technically in it. Yeah. Um, still think, need help. Yeah, they need a lot of help. I think... Uh, I think Minnesota's a lot better than people thought they were. I am thoroughly convinced. I watched a little bit of that game. So did and I. They, they've look. I know Badger fans don't like him. No, but they flex a good coach. He is. He's a good coach. He is. That roll the boat thing is cornball, cheesy, and it it's is, but, and it's stupid, but, but it's you know working. What? I see clips of him talking, and I I saw it over over in Michigan when he was over there, and now I see him in Minnesota. That stuff that he says, it's not rah-rah. He doesn't do a lot of rah-rah, you know, over-the-top whatever. This is a genuine guy. He's very who, passionate. He is. Yeah. And I like the passion, and I and I love the genuine attitude that, like, I, I would love to play for a guy like that. Like, some of the things he does, obviously, it's supposed to inspire the kids. It's supposed to motivate the kids. And I get it. Every coach has that to a degree. But I don't see a lot of dramatics. I don't see a lot of over the top. You have your shtick, and 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 you you build on it, and people kind of pile on with it. And you know, like you said, it's cornball. It and, is. You know, whatever. But if the kids buy in, that's all that matters, and that's fine. But yeah. like you, you hear these interviews, and you see him in big moments and whatever, and it, like I don't sense anything fake about the guy, right? At all, and that's what I think really helps you coach. I mean, I don't know that you could find a coach more opposite of Paul Christ if you tried. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like right. Paul after the game they interview him and he's like, oh, Yeah, man. you know, uh 
just very appreciative, very, very appreciative of the effort. It's like, oh dude, God, come on, you just won the Heartland Trophy, you beat Iowa, big effing deal. You know, let's let's get a little bit excited about it. Come on. But Minnesota jumped all the way up to seventh in the AP poll. Indiana's up there for the first time since what did I read? Nineteen ninety-two or ninety-four. Yeah, yeah. they're in it. Uh, they're they're in the at twenty-four, twenty-five. I can't remember. And I turned. I watched a little bit of the game. I turned it on, Illinois and Michigan State. I saw the score and went, yeah. And then I checked Twitter late yesterday, and Illinois had posted something, the football program, that it was the largest. And I went, wait a minute, what happened? Because I didn't even pay attention. Yeah. I, I didn't even look. And they won? Mm-hmm. Wow. He's not going to get it because Fleck is going to get it. Coach but Lovey Smith has got to be. Very, very much in the conversation for Coach of the Year. I mean, I think most people thought Minnesota was going to be pretty good. Yeah. I don't think anybody thought Illinois was going to win more than maybe two or three games. Right. And they're bowl eligible, which is and they, a big deal for that program. And, and they've got a couple signature victories. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I don't know how much this factors in, but maybe that loss doesn't look quite as bad for the Badgers now. Maybe I guess, if you're bowl I mean, eligible, yeah. but I mean you're you're still you're 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 it's not, not great. No, but, but you're not talking the playoff. You're probably not going to make the Big Ten championship unless you can spoil Illinois or uh, spoil Minnesota's run there, and even then you need some help after that. So it's like okay, you're still looking again at that Capital One. Citrus Bowl, something around there. You're still going to go play in Orlando right. or somewhere in Florida, probably mm-hmm. in that next tier of bowl games. So it's like it doesn't really change anything, no matter what Illinois' resume now has because you lost to them. You just really got to be rooting hard for Iowa Saturday, boy, against Minnesota. I'm not. No, I would re- because I don't even want to go to the Big Ten after seeing what they did at Ohio State. I don't even care about that anymore. I want the axe, and I want to spoil the season all at the same time. I want <laughs> you're that, petty. You're petty like that. I huh? want that first loss <laughs> to be in Minneapolis, and I want to take the axe out of there. And fine, you can go to the Big Ten championship and get murdered by Ohio State. Sure. I, I don't even care about that. I want both of those things to happen. I want that that balloon so big, and I want that horse so high that when we knock you off of that, you're going to fall a long way. That's right. what I want. All right, all right. That's, that's, that's I fair. Want. I don't think the Badgers are going to beat them up there, but I, 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 that's fair. I don't either. But I'm. That's what I'm. That's sure. what I'm hoping happens. All right. That's what I'm hoping. Be petty. Thank you. <laughs> all right. College hoops. I didn't see a whole lot of it. Um, I listened to a little bit of the St. Mary's game, um, and then uh, who did they just play last? Eastern time? Illinois, the yeah. alma mater of Tony Romo. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and the. Nine blocks for Nate Rios yeah. that tied a program record. I was looking at the stats today, and he's remember. he's he's currently averaging like nineteen points, ten rebounds, and seven blocks he, a, he, after two games. He got Big Ten <laughs> Big Ten Player of the Week, yeah. for that performance. Well, so. I, I watched pretty much the whole St. Mary's game because uh, I was flicking back and forth between the Badgers and Marquette, but Marquette played Loyola Maryland, and they were. I mean, Marcus Howard had thirty at half. I was just like, all right, I don't need to watch this. Kind of the same old Badger team. Mm. Um, Hot and cold. Really, really can't shoot. Um, Eight for 37 from three so far in two games. That's 21%. That's awful. Um, I do think if Micah Potter had been eligible, they would have won the game. They end up losing in overtime. St. Mary's really had no size whatsoever to speak of. They had a, a very, very good guard 
who the Badgers just really couldn't handle. I mean, he had 26, 28 points. He was hitting tough shots all night. Nice player. Um, but if the Badgers had that Potter kid, I think they win the game. But this is a problem that we saw last year with this team. Their their inability to consistently knock down outside shots, it killed them in the NCAA tournament game. And it's shown in the first two games it, it could be an issue this year for them. Um Kobe King's a guy that they've really kind of been pumping up this year as somebody that they're looking to have that breakout season. Um, he did not play well in the St. Mary's game. Um, I think he scored some points in the Eastern Illinois game. I didn't get a chance to see that one. Um, I don't think it was on TV. I don't think so, no, no. But uh, I don't know. I, I still think this Badger team's going to be okay. I think they're, you know, like I said uh, last week, I think they're going to be in that 20, 22 win range. They're probably still going to be a tournament team. Um, but they're really going to make it difficult on themselves if they can't knock down some threes. And, you know, they got this Tyler Wall kid who's a freshman. Um, you know, and I'm not going to make a big deal out of two games, but he looked like a freshman when he came in. Um, you know, Davidson, Trice, Pritzel, those guys are very, very average shooters. So, um, you got to really hope that Nate Reavers continues to play well. He's a he's a good player. Um and then see what they get from uh from Micah Potter when he comes back. I'm I'm guessing you're going to see an old school lineup of two bigs at the same time with Potter and Reavers on the floor just because it'll help them so much defensively and with Reavers' ability to step out and hit threes offensively, it it should work for him, but what do you make of this NCAA cuz cuz now You've got all the Badger faithful around that picks out any time around the country somebody gets a waiver or gets uh, cleared or gets approved or whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. from people that have transferred and they're immediately eligible, they're declared eligible or whatever, and then all of a sudden they bring up, boy, this would be nice if Micah Pine. And and it it doesn't seem that the circumstances... It's not equitable. No. It's not. And it's not equitable from a fan to look at it that way. And I don't think it's equitable when the NCAA is looking at it because there are guys that basically are in the exact same scenario at least from the outside looking in that Potter's in that are eligible. So it's the NCAA, man. How much of the information don't we have? Do we, do we never hear anything more than the, he's not eligible to play? Well, okay, so the NCAA says, well, who and why? Is, right. it, is it a committee? Is it a person that's making the decision? Is it one of the higher-ups? Is it somebody down low? What are they weighing, and why are they saying this? And, like, I want to know these reasons, and when you compare all these, why do they stack up, and what makes this one different from that one? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That, I, that's my problem. If you're going to say no, fine. I want to know why. Right. And the, and the Badgers and all the people up in Madison have been saying that he, he, did, he did everything right the way it was supposed to be done. I don't know. I, I I'm taking their word for it that he probably did because right. the Badgers just that's you know they don't fuck fudge the program and shit. It's just not their mo. Um, so I don't know. I I don't really know what to make of it. Um, bottom line is he's out the first ten games and yeah. they they got to deal with it. So, all right, Marquette. Um, like I said, they they blew out their team. Howard uh, had 38 points in the first game, became the all-time leading scorer at Marquette, passing Jerome McNeil. Pretty impressive feat for a kid that's, I mean, still probably got another 30 games to play. 
in college. Yeah. So he's going to not only break the record but shatter it. Um, tough week for uh, Marquette, though. They got Purdue yeah. at home on Wednesday in the Gavit games. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I, that's become a pretty good series that has kind of yeah. come up the last few years. I mean, everybody, it was all ACC Big Ten right. you know, tournament before that, but now when you hear these Gavit games, it's like, well, okay, this, this you know, is it's, it's all made for TV stuff. Well, no, it, I understand. But, it's just but like they've that, done well that preseason with the, tournament yeah, that had the yeah. top four. They've done well with some of the matchups, and Marquette and Purdue now have played three or four years in a row. So, um, Purdue uh, presents some problems for Marquette with their size and physicality, um, as they did the last couple of years. And then, uh, as we said, the uh, the Badger-Marquette game on Sunday. So mm-hmm. college basketball is getting ramped up. Um, it's going to be fun to watch these teams this Absolutely. year. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of the people, well, I would say a lot, but a few people that have not jumped on board with the with the college hoop season, I, maybe that's because they're still knee-deep in college football. They're like, this is boring. Let me know when it's tournament time or something like that. It's like... I, I get it. A lot of these early games, you maybe can pick out one or two or three when Wisconsin's not playing Eastern Illinois or McNeese State or something like that. And when they are playing a Marquette or when Marquette's not playing Loyola, you know, somebody like that. And it's like, okay, I get it. That's probably not who you want to see. But to me, that's no different than the co- the start of the college football season where all the powerhouses right. are absolutely pasting some teams from the the FBS. Well, and and or, or FCS. And I the games say. absolutely do matter. You oh, know, for I sure. mean, you know, d- d- does it matter for Michigan State that they lost to Kentucky last week? No. No. But if the Badgers had l- lose to McNeese State? Absolutely. That would have been big crushing. Deal. Big deal. Yeah. Doesn't matter when they win, but when you lose, big deal. So, yeah, you know, it, it just boils down to you say it, you're a football fan, you watch those games. I'm going to watch Mac football tomorrow night. Right. I've been waiting for Tuesday night yep. Mac football. And for Why? college? Because I like football. Right. And That's for co- college basketball fans, you know, all these sports kind of have their own their own fan bases. Yeah. And there are people that, that love college basketball that are going to watch all these games. And, you know, I watch Marquette and the Badgers as much as I can when, when we're not on the road doing our games. Mm-hmm. And, uh... But other than that, I don't I don't get too involved until conference starts because sure. um, there's just so many games. It's hard right. to keep up. That's right. All right, go to the NBA. Um, I haven't seen – I've watched uh, maybe one or two Bucks games, and that's when they were on national television and not blacked out because Dish Network sucks with the <laughs> regional sports networks. Um, but the Bucks right now, third in the East at 7-3. and three. Um, They went on a road trip. They went 3-1. and one. Could have been 4-0. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, lost on a buzzer beater at Utah on Friday night and in they a game. Won there since oh one, I think. Okay. Paschke said the other day. All right, because I, I saw that style. I was like, wow. So that's that's another place like Phoenix. Yes, where they just don't win. No, those okay. are those are tough places. Um, yeah, I mean, they were down twenty and stormed back behind a, just a ridiculous second half from Giannis, and uh, actually took the lead late. Um, had the ball tied with five seconds to go, called a timeout, and and ran what I just thought was an absolutely terrible play. <laughs> they 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 tried to run some action to get Middleton the ball in the corner, but in doing so, they used Brooke Lopez as the screener, and by doing that, they brought Rudy Gobert, who's the biggest and best defensive player in the world, and they brought him over into the corner, and Middleton traveled, and they turned the ball over, and Utah throws it in, and basically runs the same play. But they don't bring the the big man over as a screener, and Bogdanovich hits a three at the buzzer to win the game. So, but still a good three and one West Coast trip. Um, Giannis has been on an absolute tear 
He's averaging 30 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists, a block and a half, and a steal and a half right now. I, I sent you that text during the game yesterday when he went in at halftime and he absolutely smashed the OKC logo. Kicked a hole in the wall, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was upset. They were not playing very well. He was not playing very well. He said after the game, he said, I'll have to make up for that, or maybe when they come visit us, they're allowed to smash something right. of ours or right. something. So I, I, he, I mean, he knew what he did well, was wrong. He, and- he's he's one of these guys that he's just kind of maniacal when it comes to competitiveness. He's in that. That's not a bad thing. No, he's in that Jordan, Kobe, yep. you know, that mode of, like, win at all costs. I don't give a shit what. What is going on? We need to win. So, yeah, it's certainly nice to have that on your team. I would say. Um, but five straight 30-point games, one shy of Marcus Johnson's team record. Um, Bledsoe's been playing really well. Played great yesterday. Um, when he's attacking the basket, that that is just a, a different team. He puts everybody on their heels. And he's been, he's been shooting the ball pretty well from deep. And Marcus... Going to ask how the, how the jump shot has been. yeah it's 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 been better it's been a little bit more consistent he's been shooting a lot uh, earlier in games to kind of get himself going and Marcus Johnson said yesterday during the broadcast that he uh, Bledsoe worked a lot here with Kyle Korver okay. who was one of the best shooters of all time and one of the things that they've really been working on was Bledsoe shot a, uh, a more of a set shot. Okay. Prior to this year, and this year he's really working on getting his legs into the shot more with more arc on it. You're also seeing that with Giannis at the free throw line, especially trying to get more arc on the ball. That's why you, you've seen Giannis a couple times. If you watch the Bucks, he shot some air balls this year from the free throw line, and it's because he's trying he's, he's really arc. trying and to get some arc. But it's just short. Yeah. He's short arming it a little bit, but you can see the influence that Corver's had on the team. Um, just in terms of stuff like that, so that's that's, that's pretty okay. cool. Um, bit of bad news that I saw today: Chris Middleton had to leave yesterday's game. He got a pretty nasty Charlie horse. Yeah, thigh contusion. It said in the in in the report that I read this. Going to be out three to four weeks. That's a lot. Um, with a, w- they're calling it a deep thigh bruise. I I saw somebody say something about they they were fearful of a hematoma forming in his Holy leg. Holy I had that happen to me once in high school. I took a knee in the thigh in a practice, and I had to wear a. I actually had to wear a football thigh pad sure. underneath my shorts for a couple of weeks. Um, I mean, it's it's a Charlie horse, but oh man, it they're they're, heal. they're ridiculous. It doesn't heal fast. It, it I'm does guessing. not. That okay. blood that blood pools in your yeah, leg there. For and sure, it's tough to get that out. He did not come back in the game yesterday. Um, I was hoping with the four day off between now and Thursday that. Or three days off, you might be able to rest a little bit, but it's sounds like bad. they're going to shut him down, which is probably a good thing in the long term. You know, this Bucks team has proven they can win anywhere, and if last year's Eastern Conference showed you anything, home court advantage doesn't mean everything because right. they lost two games at home in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. So um, health is is a bigger deal, and and fortunately with the depth of the team. They can look to Sterling Brown, Dante DiVincenzo, Pat Connaughton. Sure. Brown and DiVincenzo have, have really been nice surprises off okay. the bench. Sterling Brown in year three now, kind of figuring out his role on the team and um, fun to watch. So seven of eight, they're in the midst of a seven out of eight games on the road right now. They come home for one against the Bulls on Thursday, and then they go back out. Or, yeah, then they go back out, and they got the Pacers and the Bulls again. Mm. Um so they're in the midst of a tough stretch right now, but you know, seven and three, you, you extrapolate that out. You're at 56 wins. 
It's a pretty good place to be. 56, 55 to 60 is about where I thought they'd be, but um, we'll see what happens with, with Middleton going down. But one thing I wanted to hit with you before we go, <laughs> the the load management oh, controversy again has it. happened. It's great because then you get you get a lot more creative and smart-ass oh. people than, than you or me coming up with great things about load management, and that was probably – one of because I, I just I had to jump in on it and and say that I just took the week off of work and went down to Putacana for load management. Yeah, I, it's perfect it's for sure. It can be used for anything. It really, it can. I, you know, I, I don't really I, I I don't get that worked up about it. It's kind of more of an eye roll at this point. I mean, you know, but, but then then you get the purists come out that take all the really great players who you see up on the. On, on your 92 Team USA poster, and you start diving into their statistics of who rested and who played and how many games, whatever, and you're and then you compare it to today, and you're like, come on. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Load management? These guys would laugh in your face. Well, and it all started with the Spurs and Popovich, and it was to preserve Duncan later in his career, and I, I'm all on board with that. Well, absolutely. After the guy's been in the league for how many years? Kawhi Leonard's 28. Right. The other night, the Memphis Grizzlies sat the number two pick, John ja Morant, who's 20 years old, for load management. Please. That's a joke. Please. That's a joke. You know, I think it would do... Can you play him and restrict his minutes? That's my line of thinking. If you want to give him a, an easy night, instead of playing him as 36, play him 20. There's there's creative things you can do. Um, I just I I have a hard time getting on board um, with these guys, you know, that are that are playing 60 games and and getting paid for 82. Um, especially a guy like Leonard who's making 30 million a year. Um, if I'm the NBA and these owners, I'm going into the next collective bargaining agreement, and I'm talking about we're not paying you for games that you're not playing when you're healthy. Healthy scratches, you should, you know, they should not exist. I don't think anybody should be asked to play a hundred or uh, eighty-two games anymore. We don't see it in baseball. A guy playing one hundred and sixty-two. Prince Fielder was kind of famously one of the last guys for that. Well, look how that turned out for him. Out of the league by twenty-eight, right. thirty, whatever. So, I'm okay with guys taking some time. LeBron James has played for seventeen years. If he needs a couple days off, I get it. But it just sucks from a fan perspective, especially when you want to see guys that are in the other conference. Like I don't go to many Bucks games. If I'm going to get games to, if I'm going to get tickets to, let's see the Clippers, well, December sixth, they right. play the Clippers at home, and, and I would not buy tickets for that because somebody's going to be rested and be a healthy scratch. Like I've planned this for months, yeah. and now coming in, you're not playing. One of your best guys because he just needed a night off. Like baseball yeah. would be different because you need one day off in the middle of a series. Fine. That's okay. But when it's your only visit and yeah. you're not playing, come yeah. on. Well, and, and even in baseball, at least they're suited up and available. Right. Ryan Braun might have Sunday afternoon off, but if they go into 13 innings and they're in a pinch, he can pinch hit. Right. He can go out and play the field. For an inning or two. These guys, yeah. when they sit out, they're wearing sport coats right. and jeans sitting on they the bench. Didn't even pack their bag. No. Nope. So, I don't know. It's it's not a great look. I don't think there's anything they can do about it, unfortunately, mm -hmm. um, unless something's collectively bargained down the road. But, um, I don't know. I, I'm just... I'm happy that it's it's an issue that we're probably not going to have to deal with with the Bucks because Giannis is kind of a psycho and he doesn't even he basically said like you know I'm not going to voluntarily sit out games if they think I'm playing too much it's on their it's the team and the coach's responsibility to take me out period 
Mm-hmm. So I like that. I All respect right. that, and you know we'll uh, we'll see how it plays out here the rest of the season. But I think it's uh, something that's going to be going on All for right. a while. Load management. Yeah. We got uh, we got under oh, two weeks. One yes. more hilarious sure. NBA. Okay. Did you see this thing about Dion Waiters on Miami? No. Miami Heat. Uh. Uh-uh. They were flying from Miami to play in L.A. last week, and he had a panic attack on the plane. Okay. And the reason he had a panic attack on the plane is because he ate a pot gummy. And apparently, he absolutely fucking wigged out. Like, they were, like, strapping him in his seat. No like, way. wigging out. Did they move everybody that they could away from him? Well, it's a charter plane. Well, I suppose, yeah. So, I, but I, but I bet his teammates were losing it. Well, so he didn't play. Obviously, they get to LA. He didn't play. They get back to Miami. It came out, I think, yesterday. They've suspended him for ten games because um, he's. It's not his first problem. Got it. But apparently, there's something where. The Miami Heat believe that actually somebody else on the team gave it to him, but he's not ratting them out. Okay. But I don't know. Pretty pretty funny to like think that. about a grown-ass NBA player <laughs> on a charter flight. Across, a, like the longest, longest flight yeah, you could right. be on. And he has a bad reaction and to a pot like gummy. Right after takeoff, I'm sure. Now we got to go another four and a half hours or something oh like that. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, Pat Riley probably was just losing his mind. <laughs> I mean, just as old school as old school right. can be, and you've got this dude that's just on something. I mean, that's crazy. Well, we are uh, we're about under two weeks for our first high school basketball broadcast. Yeah, girls practice started today. Yeah, I'm ready. And, I'm, I'm uh, pumped. Are you ready? Yeah, man. Okay, I'm ready. Right. I'm ready our to get back in the gym. First game is uh, not ready to see the outcome of many of these games, but we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Kind of do a little preview of what we're looking at. For uh, both the boys and the girls of uh, Janesville, Craig, Janesville, Parker, um, for this year. Before, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll throw that in next week. Maybe we'll get Schmolt on. Yeah. Because the girls start first. We're going to be in Verona. He happens to be married to the daughter of the coach of one of the girls' teams. Right. So that, that's so helpful. We, we get a we get a firsthand account. So maybe we'll get the Gazette Sports Editor uh, on for next week. We'll see. But high school basketball. And then high school football. One of my favorite weeks of the year, favorite two days, state championships in Camp Randall. I don't when, know if when I get is to call that? next Thursday and Friday. Okay. Um, I don't know if I get to call a game yet. Okay. Um, but did I, you do that? Did you call one last year? Yes. Yeah, Division Five. Okay. I don't even remember what happened, but um, but I always like to. I don't know if I'm going to get the opportunity, but I'm going to go up there at least one of the two days. Cool. So, all right, that is the intentional foul for this week. Glad to be back for episode number fifty. Glad we made it. Glad you're along for the ride. Like us, subscribe to us. We're on Twitter doing all that stuff so uh get our feedback um we will uh, be glad to talk about whatever you would like us to yeah and you you may uh you may hear from me again this week i may drop a little nba pod excellent there's a lot of a lot of stuff to talk about a lot of big injuries that have happened here in the first couple weeks of the season too so we're both on twitter it's a podcast a podcast foul on Mm -hmm. twitter uh, as well, you can find us on Facebook. You have our numbers. If you don't know by now, you know, it's right. as Biggie said, if you don't know, now you know. <laughs> I won't finish the sentence. No, that's fine. So that is the intentional follow for this week. Tell your friends, and we will talk to you next time. Go Bucks.